Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, our first regular season edition of the show. I'm Dan Lobby. I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And I'm Scott Patsko. And of course the Browns are getting ready for the Titans, but we're going to preview the season because we haven't really gotten a chance to do that yet. Uh, before we do that, we want to tell you about Football Insider. It is a subscriber um, opportunity. You get a newsletter every day with exclusive content. You get texts from Mary Kay, uh, $3.99 a month. And, you know, all three of us are contributing to the newsletter. It's something you're not going to see on the site. It's, it's something kind of unique. You know, I wrote about on Sunday uh, how Kareem Hunt, the NFL's getting it wrong with Kareem Hunt. Scott, I know you wrote about Freddie Kitchen's play-calling tendencies uh, today. Mary Kay, what's, what's the last thing you wrote? Uh, the last thing that I did was I answered questions yep. from Project Texters, and I like to do that from time to time uh, to interact with the people that are, uh, you know, spending the time and the money to to subscribe to this so that's one of the things i, I really like to do so check that out head to cleveland.com slash browns and click on the blue banner on the top uh you can sign up for that and you'll get that every day in your inbox uh plus more so anyway let's get to it season preview edition uh six topics we're going to throw them out we have not pre-discussed these yet so mary Kay, go for it topic number one offensive identity what are the browns going to look like when they open against the titans we have not seen this offense together yet we never saw odell Beck. Jr. out there in a game. We barely saw him in practice. Uh, Todd Munkin has come on board. What impact will he have on this offense? Are they going to go a fair amount of no huddle? I kind of think so. I think you're going to see some of that at least sprinkled in, and then it will evolve as they go through the season. But what is this offense going to be all about? Yeah, I think the Todd Munkin thing is the most interesting thing. You know, the air raid, uh, some of those concepts, favoring the, the pass over the run a little bit, not necessarily looking at situations as much as what's the ideal play call right now. Um, you know, Chris Freddie Kitchens is going to handle the play calling, and we saw last year he likes to run the football. Uh, there, there were some games last year where Baker didn't throw the ball a whole lot. They ran the ball a lot with Nick Chubb. I think they want to do that again this year. So it'll be interesting to see how Freddie's offense kind of melds in with, with some of Todd Munkin's air raid concepts and, and how much we actually see the air raid uh, with, with this offense. Yeah, that's the big unknown because we certainly didn't see anything in the preseason. You know, they came out in week one and ran the no huddle, and, and that was it for your starters, uh, or at least what they were calling starters at the time because, like you said, we didn't – see uh, Landry and Beckham out there together and even Freddie today said it was kind of exciting to see them in practice it was almost like a different team you know mm-hmm. um, so I guess everybody gets to see that starting uh, starting on Sunday it's 
you want to go into the season with some unknowns coming out of the preseason. You don't want to give everything away. But I think the Browns are kind of at the far end of that. You know, there's just yeah. you just don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Um, but I, I will um, I will say, and we know this from Freddie last year, he will surprise you with something every week. If he has to run the wishbone, he'll run the wishbone. If he wants to run three tight ends, he'll he'll use three tight ends. He'll use all different kinds of formations. He will use Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry to throw the football. Uh, I think that he's going to be as creative and as aggressive as we saw him in those final eight games. And personnel groupings will be interesting, too. You know, it's funny, their depth chart they released yesterday had, you know, 12 personnel. I don't know if we'll see a lot of that. I wonder if this is going to be like a Rams situation where we see a lot of three receiver sets, uh, things like that. But it'll be interesting to see how much he kind of mixes some of that stuff up, too, and how often he uses two, maybe three tight ends, how often he uses no tight ends, whatever he decides to do. Um, that, that's all going to be what we kind of discover as we, as we go on here. Um in the uh, in the regular season. All right, topic number two. I'll just go to the other side of the ball, and I want to see this defensive line kind of unleashed. We saw it a little bit in Tampa Bay. Uh, multiple people have said the line is going to be the strength of this football team. That not the strength of the defense, the strength of this football team. And you know, no Taylor Lewan on Sunday. Uh, it, it's going to be really intriguing to see how the Browns attack this, and if that defensive line can come out and just dominate the Titans. Yeah, you know. Even their, their left tackle, Dennis Kelly, who is replacing Taylor Lewan, mispracticed on Monday. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Nobody asked a follow-up question of Mike Vrabel <laughs> on that at all. I mean, it was like, yeah, he, you know, he wasn't out there. I don't think it's anything to be alarmed about. And that was it. It was silence after that. You know, we would have been like, hey, wait a minute. You know, what, you know what's going on? Do you expect him to be back? Whatever. Uh, so I think that was a little bit of a red flag. He's never started a game at left tackle before, and here he is going up against Miles Garrett. What a tall order that's going to be for him. I mean, this defensive line looked scary and dominant in the preseason. I think it's going to be that way during the game. Yeah, we saw them against the Buccaneers. I think we, everybody thought back to, I think it was Steve Wilkes who kind of said that it's going to be the, the strength of the entire team, not just the defense, but the entire team. And even the backups that we saw against the Lions, you know, Deverell Lawrence and Daniel Aquale were just terrorizing uh, Lions quarterbacks. So it's it seems like it's it's the defense is set up to, to give them success. It's not just the front line guys. There's going to be depth there, and that's that's going to be key. Uh, all right, topic number three, Scott. Uh, I'm going to say uh, rookies. I want to see how these rookies do. Greedy Williams. We're assuming he's not going to be the starter opposite Denzel Ward. It seems like Terrence Mitchell has kind of worked his way back into that spot. But you also have the two rookie linebackers, Mac Wilson and Sione Takitaki, that a lot of people are interested in seeing. All these guys, though, are going to kind of be in a backup role. You know, it's not like in years past where you had a rookie who you drafted who you need to come in and have an impact. That's not the case this year. So seeing how they kind of integrate them into the defense, uh, I think, is something to watch going forward. Maybe Greed Williams steps into that starting role at some point. Um, but I think easing them in and having a situation where there's not a ton of pressure on them is, is a good thing. Yeah, I think the, the interesting thing is the only draft pick I think that's going to start is Austin Cyber. Uh, and that was even a question a couple weeks ago. So um, it, it speaks to the depth of this team because I think it's a little disappointing that Greedy Williams didn't win that job. Uh, but at the same time, it's also a plus that this team doesn't need Greedy Williams to win that job, that he can kind of ease his way in and, and get better. Um, as, as the season goes along. Now, at some point this year, you want to see him supplant Terrence Mitchell and be the starting cornerback. Uh, but right now, there aren't going to be a lot of rookies making big impacts here early on. And when they go to the nickel, you know, a lot of times they have an extra safety on the field. 
So it's not like Greedy is the next guy out, you know, when you've got Terrence Mitchell and uh, Denzel Ward out there. So a lot of times, you know, there's that third safety. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they roll Greedy in and get him ready to go. And I wonder what it was about him uh, that made him not be ready. Or maybe it was just that Terrence Mitchell really stood up and stepped out there and earned the job and proved that uh, he was the better cornerback. So uh, interesting. When we've talked about this before, Joe Hayden didn't start the first, I don't know, half, you know, six games of the season in his rookie year either. Uh, but definitely you want your number 46 overall pick to be starting sometime soon. All right, topic four, Mary Kay. I am going to go with Freddie Kitchens as head coach of this football team. Not only is he going to be calling the plays like he did in the last eight games, but he is responsible for the entire operation now. Everything from getting to the stadium on time, all the uh, football ops that have to take place, everything, you know, clock management, you name it. Uh, how the defense is handling things, how the uh, how the special teams are operating, all of that now falls on Freddie Kitchens, and I'm very eager and anxious to see how he handles this because he's never been a head coach at any level, and you know I mean, he's got he's supported by some guys that have done things. I mean Todd Munkin has called plays, and Steve Wilkes has been a head coach and a defensive coordinator. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how Freddie just handles the whole operation. Yeah, the, there's so much that goes into you know deciding when they go to Denver, are they going to go a day early? When they go to San Francisco, are they going to go? It's little things like that even, and kind of figuring out what's best for your team and, and best for your players and, and roster. And then, of course, time management, right? That's what's really going to come under fire as, as, as for every head coach as we go along. Is he going to be able to manage the clock, manage his timeouts, uh, are his How's he going to challenge things? Is he going to be smart with his challenges? You know, he was messing around with challenging pass interference during the preseason to figure that out. Um, this is kind of the the ultimate test here for Freddie Kitchens, and there's going to be a learning curve if you've never done this before. There, he hasn't even done it at, like, the college level or the high school level, you know. These, there's a learning curve when, when it comes to being a head coach in, in this league and putting out fires and, and all of that stuff. Um, and, and it starts on Sunday uh, against a pretty good Titans team. You know, they were 9-7 and seven last year. One of their losses was, you know, they went for two in London against against the Chargers. I think there was another overtime game where they, they went for it on fourth down and they got in that. Maybe they win that game. So, you know, that, that's, it's a really good matchup for Freddie Kitchens to start his career because this is a well-coached team, uh, and they're going to show up and play hard. I think managing the clock is definitely something people will be watching and to see how he handles that. But if you look back at the preseason, there really wasn't anything that jumped out that you said, wow, he really messed that up. You know, he did challenge a couple uh, calls, challenged uh, pass interference, um, I think a couple. And, uh, you know, I think he came away from that not feeling like he was overwhelmed in any way. I know, again, it was preseason, but still it's, you know, the first games where he's actually doing the dual role. So, I, I mean, I came out of that feeling, I guess, confident that going forward that he can do that. But I think you're right, Dan. When you get into the games that count and at the end of the games and you end of the half, end of the – fourth quarter and you need to make sure you have enough time on the clock for things that's that's where it can get dicey and that's what we haven't seen kitchens do yet okay uh topic number five is, is this playoffs or bust for this team uh, expectations are so high um you know there was another article that came out a couple days ago with you know guys talking a lot uh making some bold proclamations uh this these players i think expect to make the playoffs but it's not easy in the NFL to win. You probably got to win 10 games at least to make the playoffs, I would guess, although 
you know, maybe nine gets in if the division isn't very good. Uh, do they have to make the playoffs for this to be a successful season? And I'll just say, I kind of feel like they do. If we get to December and this team misses the playoffs, and even if, if their record's good, I might say, okay, that was, it was a nice season, but I think for it to be a success, I'd like to see them play a game in January. Yeah, I mean, when you go out and you spend the kind of money that you did and the tra- kind of draft capital and things like that that you did on Odell Beckham Jr., Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, all these guys, absolutely 100%, you do that to make the playoffs this year. This is not about building for the future. This is for 2019. It would be a monumental disappointment if they don't win double-digit games and make the playoffs this year. And I'm saying that not only do they need to make the playoffs, they need to win a playoff game. You don't do all of this to just get to the playoffs and and lose to somebody. So, no, this, this team is built for the playoffs this year, and that's the expectation. That's what they should do. Oh, yeah, it'd be a huge disappointment. Everybody in the building here would, would agree, although, you know, they would have said the same thing last year. But yeah. definitely, I think, and you're right, I think they need to win in the playoffs. Even if, you know, if they're in a situation where they scrape into the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, that's a disappointment. I think this team needs to go out and assert itself and be one of the dominant teams in the AFC. I mean, the core of the team is young. But, like you said, they've added all of this talent that that should be something that drives you into a, a playoff victory. And, yeah, anything less than that is a disappointment. And we've seen some things that have happened with other football teams this preseason, with the, the Colts losing Andrew Luck, with the Texans losing Lamar, Lamar Miller. Uh, you know, the opportunity is there for, for the Browns to do something in the postseason. So they got to get there, and they've got to win a game. All right, topic six, bring us home, Scott. All right, this kind of builds off what we just said, but uh, how this team uh, competes against good competition. Because the end of last season was, was great for the team. They, they, they finished 5-3. and three. But as we've mentioned before, the teams that they beat were teams that were either struggling throughout the season or had major injuries um, or just weren't good. And... You know, you look at the Texans and obviously the Chiefs. I think maybe you can kind of throw that out because that was the week everything changed in the coaching staff. But, you know, the Ravens, who uh, obviously went to the playoffs, those teams they didn't beat. And they didn't play particularly well against those teams. So how they compete this year against the teams that they're supposed to be at, you know, be at their level, we, we expect them to beat the Bengals, right? We expect them to, to beat the Dolphins probably. Maybe the Cardinals, Teams that we know struggled last year, that could be struggling again this year. But how do they do against the Ravens this year? How do they do against the Patriots? You know, the Seahawks, which are traditionally good now. That's going to be that's going to be the key to the season. If they they have to win the games that the hype says they should win. Yeah, you know, the reality in the NFL is we're going to sit here and say they should beat Cincinnati twice. They should beat Arizona. They should beat this team and that team. But there's a chance they could lose one of those games. You know, I mean, that's what happens in the NFL. Even if you're a really good team, sometimes you just lose a game you're not supposed to to lose. Um, last year, the two best defenses they played by pretty much any metric in the second half, Houston and Baltimore, they lost. And Baker threw six interceptions in those games. Um, they, they need to get through that first stretch of the season, uh, you know, what, five and three? Can they manage to do that? If they, if they can mimic that five and three against a much tougher schedule than they finished with last year, I think they've got a chance. Even if they're, even if they're at four and four, after those first eight games, you know your season's not over. You still got a chance to do something. But 
um, that you know the test the tests are going to start early. They've got Tennessee, New York, and then it starts to get really difficult with the Rams coming to town on a Sunday night. You're going to be doing it all in the, in the spotlight. Everybody's going to be watching you. Um, it, it's, I'm glad they're starting the season the way they are because they've got some really great matchups. We're going to see what this team is made of. Yeah, they really do. And think about, I mean, the fact that they've got three primetime night games in their first five games. I mean, that is almost mind-boggling to think about it. And two of those are on the road. That's a tough way to start your season. It really is. One of those is clear across the country in San Francisco. So, uh, you know, they've, they've got a tough early part of the schedule. And I remember when I was talking to Kurt Warner at the Super Bowl this year, and he talked about, you know, that what Baker Mayfield needs to be able to do is beat those other really good quarterbacks. And he's playing some good quarterbacks this year. He's got to go up against, you know, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, that's just to name a few. So he really is going to have to show – that, that he can play better than he did last year when he played those winning teams. Now, they gave him every opportunity to do that by giving him Odell Beckham Jr., by giving him Kareem Hunt in the second half of this season. He is surrounded by great weapons. So it's not like they're taking the team that lost to good teams last year and putting that same team out here. They've, they've improved considerably, including on the defensive side of the ball, which I think is going to be key. One of the best things you can do for a quarterback is supply him with a tremendous defense. All right, we're going to kick an extra point here because we can't do a season preview without this question. What have you got for the record this year? Ooh. I'll go first. I've, I've been saying this really since the spring. Probably. I, I just think 10-6 and six feels right. I think you can win the division at 10-6. and six. I, I could see them either finishing first in the AFC North at 10-6 and six or maybe second behind the Steelers You know, if they have a really good year. Uh, but I think 10-6 and six and they make the playoffs. Well, I'm going back and forth between 10 and 6 and 11 and 5. And I don't have to do that until I think tomorrow or Friday. Oh, you know. So I'm not sure yet which one I'm going to pick. I'm, I'm waffling between those two. And I just, I need, I need another day or two to, to absorb everything. Yeah, I haven't nailed down it yet, but I think 10 and 6, 11 and 5, that's what feels right for this team. That's the kind of record that when you get to the end of the regular season, you would look back and say, all right, that, that, that's about what this team should have done. Um, that probably wins you the division. And you win 10 games, you probably beat some good teams too. And at the end of the season, that's, that's what you want to look back and see this team have accomplished. All right. Well, that'll do it. Our uh, season preview podcast in the books uh, here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make, make sure you're subscribed everywhere you listen, including the uh, Apple Podcast Store and Spotify. And make sure you check out our football insider, cleveland.com slash browns. Click on that blue link on the top of the page. For Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.